this is Mish Hancock, and you are listening to Mishmash, a place where I get to talk to the weird, wonderful, wacky people of this world, people I adore and want to know more about. Today, my guests are Devin Cahill and Gene Starks. They comprise the band Letter to Memphis, an indie folk band from St. Louis, Missouri. Their sincere and heartfelt songs explore sounds rooted in wistful folkiness with a little greasy honky-tonk, elements of jazz and bossa nova, and even a dash of rock and roll. Themes ranging from whimsical to the fervently emotional. Does that sound like some songwriters wrote that or what? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe a little. I loved it. When I first read it, I was like, oh, I just, this, this this is like, feels like candy getting to say this, you know, I love it. So welcome. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having us. So tell us a little bit more about Letter to Memphis. Um, So uh, Letter to Memphis is, uh, we are an original indie folk band. Uh, That's what we call ourselves, indie folk. Uh, We're from St. Louis and uh, we started playing around 2011, um, kind of, uh, you know, doing Mostly just duo acoustic um, cover cover gigs, like at um, at, at bars we do like a, a three hour cover set, um, and that was sort of how we started. You know, we were uh, we were both sort of lost souls and found each other, and uh, hadn't neither of us had done music for a while. We both had backgrounds in it. And uh, when we met, uh, we discovered really quickly that we like a lot of the same kinds of music. And so we, uh, him having had a guitar background and myself having had a musical theater background and always having been a singer, uh, we just started learning cover songs. And uh, eventually, you know, we learned enough that we were like, okay, let's book a gig. Let's go make money at this thing. Let's go do it. Let's go like try to do it for some people and see how it goes. So we did. Um, we played at this little dive bar, and we it was so much fun. And I think that both of us kind of wanted to keep doing it, and we kind of slowly were booking gigs over over the next couple of years. And in 2012, it just started kind of picking up a little bit more, and we were we were we were starting to write together. Um, you know, mostly with myself writing lyrics and Gene writing guitar chords. And then eventually, you know, I started picking up some instruments. Again, having had a theater background, I had not played instruments in the past. Um, And so I started picking up ukulele, eventually picked up guitar, um, harmonica, something I really, really enjoy playing. Um, And we've just, uh, we've just been writing and and playing around St. Louis and kind of around the Midwest a little bit over the last few years. Um, We've had some collaborations with some great musicians um, and it's just been, it's been so much fun. Oh, cool. And I'm always fascinated. I'm fascinated by the whole process of writing a song. I mean, Gene, for an example, do you hear the music in your head first? Um, Sometimes. uh, When I, my, Devin and I actually do have different approaches. Um, My approach, since I'm not Never really considered myself very lyrically gifted, um, but I've always been able to write a tune. So I would start on a guitar and just explore, and then, oh, wait, that kind of voicing sounds cool. What else can I do? And it just builds from there. Um, and then usually, at least the what emotion that piece that I had just come up with is evoked, then maybe I can get a lyrical theme. But... Um, even even then, I usually have more of a full arrangement in my head as the chords are coming out of the guitar. Like, uh, for example, I knew on our last album, the song called "To the River." Mm-hmm. I knew when I wrote those chords, 
I needed a violin and a cello arranged on top of that. And I wasn't going to record it without those, and sure enough, we got it. And, and it, I'm really happy with the way it turned out. So does does the music come first and then the words, or do the words come, or does it just... It's vice versa. Sometimes... It's always different. It's yeah. been such an interesting process, songwriting as as partners, like not just one person. I feel like... Even within the same song, we'll have one of us will write the chords and the other write the lyrics, and then perhaps the chorus that flips. Where oh, she'll write the chords God, yeah. and I'll write the lyrics. You know, we have yeah, a couple examples like of that. Every and, every song we've written has been sort of a different process as far as the way that it's been been comprised and com- or composed. And when you were doing so, when you were back back in the day when you first started, um, you were doing cover songs. Who who did you cover? Uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of Fleetwood Mac, um, uh, she and him. I'm a big Zoe oh, Deschanel yeah. fan, and they were a big inspiration to us. Uh, you know, because they're a, a male female um, sort of uh, folk pop kind of duo. Uh, so we were like, "That's so cool. Let's be like them. <laughs> Let's be like she and him, right?" Camera Obscura, um, was Camera Obscura. One, right. yeah. They're oh. all. Jenny Lewis. Jenny Lewis is a huge, huge influence, and we definitely were learning a lot of her songs. Um, some some more classic stuff. Um, While well, my guitar gently weeps was one that we really liked. To oh, play. I love that yeah. song. It's a great one. That one that one really does tear me up. There's, yeah, there's something about that's that. a powerful, powerful song, man. George George Harrison is really underrated. <laughs> I, oh, isn't it amazing though? What I mean, so I um, where did your where did the name come from? Where it's did the letter a, to Memphis come from? It's a song title from the Pixies. Really. Yeah. And we saw Why nothing like I the Pixies. I love the Pixies. It was kind I of love like a the Pixies. Shout out to them. But it, to us, just like we we came across that title, and it was like the ring of it because at that time, it's a little bit different now than our approach. At that time, Devin was starting to explore some things like more in the rockabilly vein and that kind of like belting, you know, strong female singer thing. She was really wanting to explore that, and we. Musically, you know, like the whole Stax record thing, that whole sound, it was just like Memphis. It was kind of like a love letter to Memphis in a way, you know, it was like, yeah, yeah. we love that kind of sound. And then we just kind of... With time, we've definitely, you know, kind of evolved into really more of a of a folky band, though, versus that kind of... I mean, we've still got, we've still got a, like, a, you know, and like our bio says, you know, a dash of greasy honky-tonk thrown <laughs> right. in there at times. But but we really, you know, we, we like, you know, really thoughtful, you know, lyrics and compositions that are really meaningful um, that we hope that people can connect to. And, like, for instance, you know, the song that Gene was mentioning before, To the River... It's uh, you know, it's got a lot of classical music influences in there, and uh, it's it's just I think we both like pretty music, <laughs> like we like music that sounds pretty. Gotcha. You know? yeah. Even if it's aggressive, kind of sounding, like the, the rhythm changes, you know, like, and you know, maybe drums and everything are kind of sounding. You could still make that sound pretty. Mm-hmm. You know, that's so, an interesting thought. That is a really interesting thought. I was I a metalhead in the late 80s, you know, uh, in my junior high years. And, you know, there's so many <laughs> examples I can come up with that. You know, it's like, they're thrash, but then these solos are just like, you know, they're Mozart-esque in a way it's sometimes. It's about you know? tone and dynamic and approach and all of those things. Absolutely. Well, and didn't a lot of the, the metal bands, I mean, didn't they have their ballads 
you know? Yeah, that wasn't necessarily the metal I was listening to. Like, ah, <laughs> it was the late 80s, but it was Gene not Gene was the an hair. angsty teen. Oh, come yeah, on. It was more trash metal. Go ahead, tell, like me, tell me the names. What did you listen to? Well, like, Metallica was probably on the softer end. We'll say gotcha. that. Gotcha. Oh, dear. Okay. And then when, they, right. when the Black Album came out, I was in high school, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm past right. that. Versus <laughs> me in high school who was listening to, like, musical theater soundtracks. Right. So. <laughs> but I, I personally feel there is something quite healthy about... Uh, listening to that sort of music because when you, rather than take your anger out on people, just kind of channel it Absolutely. through some song, yep. that is a way healthier approach. Absolutely. And that's been a huge thing. Music has been such a release for us. Like I said, you know, when we met, um, we were, we both of us had fallen out of, of our, our, artistic outlet we hadn't been doing it for a while and we had kind of lost our our way in our lives and then when we came together and started doing this it just it just sort of brought us to where I feel like we really needed to be um it's been it's our lives have completely changed since we started this project and uh it's 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 just it's wonderful it's been it's been such an experience and and I I can't I can't get enough of it yay awesome well, we are going to take a quick break, and we will be right back with Letter to Memphis. Hi, this is Mish Hancock, and I'm the owner of 100th Monkey Media. 100th Monkey Media specializes in affordable and very effective social media solutions for the small to medium-sized business. Our goal is to create a social media presence that shows off who you are, what you do, and delivers brand loyalty and raving fans. Contact us today to learn what 100th Monkey Media can do for you. 636 789-1776 or visit 100thmm.com. That's 636-789-1776 or 100thmm.com. And we're back with Letter to Memphis with Devin and Jean. And during the break, we were talking about the other things that we do in our world that aren't exactly band related. Devin, come on, you got to tell you. So we talked about Mallory Nizam, who yes. was on here not too long ago, and yes. you've been friends forever and a day. I love Mallory. She's she's my oldest friend and just one of the most creative um, people I've ever met. Just so just like a total visionary um, and and amazing person um, to know and be involved with. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. But then Love we her. talked about improv and apparently you have an improv-like job. Uh, <laughs> I, I do. I, I utilize improv very frequently at my at my day job. Um, I work as a, uh, it's called a standardized patient um, uh, and it's at the Washington University School of Medicine. Um, so basically I, I act as a patient as part of the med student's exam process. Um, sort of focusing in on uh, how they deal with the human aspect of medicine um, and, and how they, um, you know, how empathetic they are and if they build rapport um, and all of those things. Um, and then, you know, after we have the sort of simulated um, patient-doctor experience, which is scripted, but there's always going to be those questions that they're going to ask you that are not on the script. Right. That you're going to, you're, you're going to have to kind of... 
you know. Well, so what do you do for fun? What if they ask you that? You, know, you need to be able to, <laughs> to improvise. And there's been there's been many times uh, that I've that I've had to uh, just come up with some crazy stuff on the fly that these that these med students will ask me. So you are so you actually like it's scripted in a sense, mm-hmm. you know. So like yeah. you are a patient. You have the following conditions. Here's some of the things mm-hmm. that go along with that. Right, like okay. your past medical history, your social history, all of the above. So they'll give you an outline of what you need to know. Um, and then, you know, you go in and depending on how the student is doing, you know, um, you know, you, you sit down with them afterwards, um, and you give them some face-to-face feedback, um, on sort of how they did and what their goals are. And so that's an interesting part of the job, um, is that interaction, okay. uh, sort of after, after the simulation breaking character uh, and sitting down with them and, and face-to-face talking to them about how that went. And sometimes they're, you know, they're so nervous um, and it's a nerve-wracking experience for well, them. I'm sure it is. Yeah. But, okay, but what kind of weird questions have you been asked? Are there um, any that stand out? Well, there's, there's, there's been, I think that the most interesting thing, and it's, and it's not, this isn't necessarily a situation that I would need to improvise in per se, except for maybe with my affect, I guess. <laughs> but it's funny how how little sometimes the students will, you know, sort of be able to uh, transition from one subject to another in sort of a smooth way. Right. They have their questions and they're sort of like asking one question and asking another. So they'll go from talking about something really serious, you're in a really serious moment, to the next minute they're like, so any diarrhea? (laughs) <laughs> uh, you know, so that's uh, and it's like, oh, oh, uh, oh well, okay. <laughs> actually, I've had a little diarrhea. No. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So that's that's an interesting, interesting. Thing. Yeah, and I've definitely, you know, I've had, I've been, you know, students are nervous. Like I said, that I've been sweat upon. Oh, you know, by well, by I nervous gotcha. students. You know, it's interesting. Well, it's, it's good, good that they can <laughs> then they can maybe get used to this so they're not sweating in the real world on their absolutely patients, and that and that's the key would not be right yeah, gotcha. and that is the key is to get the practice uh with all of these social skills and interaction people skills and that's stuff. awesome to know they do that though i like that yes and Jean, you have more of a traditional real world. Not, not. Tr- she's. This is not traditional. Her, her job. <laughs> You're, you have well, more traditional. No, I'm just a talent show examiner. That's, that's improv is extremely highly frowned upon. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. You can't improvise. No, no. The <laughs> underwriters would not dig that. But or ask really funky questions. Well, there's some funky files. That's for sure. And funky properties that need some some serious fixing. But. Have you ever seen anything that was so surprising? Like, what the heck? Yeah, it usually involves dead people. Ah, hmm. Yeah, and, and, and stuff and in their wills. And on that wheels. note, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it usually involves dead people. Yeah. Hopefully not in the house. No, no, it's just the people who had previously owned it had passed away, and then you get to uncover some interesting things in their wills. Ah, like that, gotcha. My other main time-consuming thing, if you will, outside of the band, though, is oftentimes is all improv, and that's my kids. So I do get <laughs> oh, yeah. to have that outlet as well. That's and how just many kind kids? Of just two. Two kids. What are their ages? Uh, one's almost 11, and one's eight. Just turned eight. You want to do a shout-out to them? Hi, Erilyn. Hi, Soren. What's up, guys? <laughs> <laughs> so how awesome are they? They're, like, extremely awesome, yeah. Super awesome. They they love their daddy, and they love Devin. They, they love music. Um, yeah, they're, they're both extremely intelligent mm-hmm. and super well-rounded and just really vivacious kids. They're, they're, 
I, I really, truly, I know this is, you know, everybody says this, but they kids really keep you young. They really, oh, really yeah. do. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I Especially if they're awesome kids. Well, yeah. and so do you see musical talent in them? Do Absolutely. You? Definitely. Um, could probably do whatever she wants for the most part. I definitely see rhythm being one of her strong attributes. So we've got her, she has a cajon now. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we have a friend that she is invited. She has ukulele to, too. Yeah, she can pick all those things up. Soren, <laughs> since a very young age, he listens to jazz and classical by his own choice. That's he interesting. He requests that. Mm-hmm. Um, and when they go to bed, I put that music on for him. He'll sit at the piano. Every day, he'll sit at the piano at least for a little bit. And... Doesn't have the attention span to listen to anything I'm trying to teach him. He'll just learn to stuff on his own. And he's exploring. He's got, you know, he's figured out what the intervals are and where he can go up and down the key. He hasn't really learned all the different key signatures yet, but he's basically staying in, in C. But, yeah, he's he's really exploring some cool cool stuff. Very cool. And then cool. he'll pick, you know, he'll play like Furelise by Beethoven and pick through that by ear and... Just you a little know. bit into it, maybe like you know, ten, twelve bars into it, but it's more that's than I can still, do. That's awesome. <laughs> his that's favorite awesome. is kind of blue. Is his favorite album? Oh yeah, album. he, he so listens to that at least once days. a week. Wow. Yeah. So no Justin Bieber in the house. No, uh, not really. We I listen bet you're to. Okay we, with that. Erlen is <laughs> a very <laughs> like pop princess, and she'll we'll listen to that in the car a lot, and and she makes fun of him, but at the same time, I think his last album wasn't that bad. <laughs> Well, he's grown up a little bit, so yeah, I, I think that has something and to do with it. And she loves Taylor Swift, and I'm not going to lie. I kind of do, too. Yeah, yeah, well, the Taylor, you I know. I like Taylor. I do. But it is interesting. I think that um, the the pop music in itself has grown up. Yeah. You know what I, I mean? I would say so. In I mean, some I think degree, it really... yeah. Some of it's always going to be, like, going to the lowest common denominator, what can sell the most well, without right. having, you know, they don't need to worry about the soul they're putting into it or anything, like... Anything like that. It has to be catchy, and there mm-hmm. has to be a cute boy or girl mm-hmm. dancing but, around. Every once in a while, mm-hmm. people, and that's been throughout history, really. But some real true artists that are really creative do slip through the cracks and get played on the radio. And and it's up to us, it, each individual listener, to kind of pick out what we like and what we don't out of that. Well, and, it, you know, as kids get old, mo, most kids, you know, I mean, they're going to listen to, I mean, I know my daughter listened to some music. I was like, oh, my gosh, this gives me such a headache. I can't yeah. believe I have to listen to this again. But I can, she's 14 now. Mm-hmm. And so her taste is grown and it's different. And it's a little bit more interesting what she's into now than when, you know, she was eight and I would have to take her to some concerts that I mom didn't particularly care for <laughs> let me put it that way <laughs> well we're going to take a quick break and we will be back with Devin and Jean in just a moment this is Mickey Hancock now's a good time to get a snack my mom's going to do another commercial if you're looking for an agency to help you with creating and publishing engaging content launching campaigns or reputation management 100th Monkey Media is the social media agency for you make your business successful with its social media and get a real return from your investment 100th Monkey Media is far more affordable than you may think and we make it easy and impactful learn how 100th Monkey Media can help you on Facebook Twitter LinkedIn Pinterest and more contact us at 636-789-1776 or visit 100thmm.com that's 636-789-1776 or visit 100thmm.com. And we are back with 
Devin and Jean from Letter to Memphis. Okay, it's question time, but before I go into question time, I really, really want to make sure I mention that you are going to be playing at TEDx Gateway Arch Bounce event on December 10th. Are you Mm -hmm. excited? Yes, very excited. (laughs) I can't wait. It's going to be so much fun. And it's Mm -hmm. it's an awesome crowd. I mean, you'll feel it. It's yeah. a, it's going to be a different crowd than the bar crowd, right? Mm-hmm. But you'll oh, love sure. it. Yeah, yeah. You'll We're really, it. really looking forward to it, and very honored to be involved. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh my I'm kind of like pinching myself, like, what? We get to do this? Yay! That's cool. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I can't wait to see it. So, questions? Are you ready? Yes. My first question for you two is: If you could choose one artist to collaborate with, I don't care, dead, alive, and maybe nobody knows them. I mean, who would it be? Who would you who would you give a call to and say, You have been chosen. Please come with us and collaborate. Oh my gosh. You can do more than one. I'm not gonna hold you to one. What do you think, Gene? This is a tough one. There's too many awesome. Maybe Bill Evans, his his um just voicings of chord changes in in the jazz medium. It was uh, it, it, it was hugely influential to me. And it's just you can float on a cloud listening to his piano voicings and stuff like that. And the way he approached harmony was, I I want to soak that knowledge up. Oh. I try to get a little bit of it here and there and, you know, and even put it into our little folk thing. But it, it he's so far beyond what I can do right now. Or a different instrument, but, you know. Do you I, have one, Devin? I would I would maybe say... Um, because I feel like I've made a little bit of a connection with this person uh, in a in a small way, um, I would say Debbie Harry Ooh. from Blondie. Um, she's so cool. She's so cool. She's effortlessly effort. I can say this word. She's <laughs> effortlessly cool um, and so and just so talented um, with so much staying power. Um, and I got to I got an opportunity last year to go to New York and see her in a super intimate venue, the Cafe Carlisle. Um, oh, cool. It was like, you know, 100 people. Um, and then she did a, you know, a cabaret style show. And it was just one of the most entertaining and wonderful experiences that, that, I've, sounds that I awesome. had. It was so cool. Um, it was just her and one of her bandmates um, uh, kind of playing keys and guitar. And uh, and it was it was just awesome. And uh, and then uh, later that year, I got to see Blondie in Forest Park. So it was like I kind of got to have the sort of full spectrum oh, of, of Debbie Harry. Uh, and she's, yeah, she's, I mean, there's a lot of musicians that I feel are uh, an inspiration to me. But I, I would I would really love to just kind of soak in her her coolness, I don't know. She's just like a blonde <laughs> bum. And I've always had like this fantasy life. of, you know, if I could time travel, I would totally be hanging out at CBGB when oh the my gosh. Oh, yes. yes. I would totally I think, be there. Yeah. Did you see that movie? I did not. I did not. But but I love that generation and I feel like I was I feel like I was born into the wrong generation. <laughs> I would have loved to experience some of these things that happened in the past. Well the movie, I, I will tell you, they did a fantastic job of of the making like like um television looked like television like as soon as the guy as the actors that were playing them walked I'm like that's television yeah. oh my gosh yeah it oh, was I love it, television it's a fun movie yeah I would recommend it yeah those I'll love all those bands those bands are great okay so we're gonna talk about words in songwriting are there any in your songs are there any the phrases words that are like your favorite that you're like oh I'm so glad that that's all been put together right there in that place 
Ones that we have written? Yeah. But if you want to talk about others, like mm. you have free license on this. Right. Um, it just sort of resonate with you. I think that, you know, we uh, several of our songs have this sort of like water theme going through them. Um, Gene can maybe speak a little bit to his song To the River, which I think is... We keep bringing that song up. In my opinion, (laughs) it is, in my opinion, one of the sort of standout songs on our new album that we released this year. Um, And it's Gene's Gene's baby, so maybe he can tell you a little bit about it. Well, you know, I might have written the lyrics, but I never sing them, so I would have to actually think of the lyrics. (laughs) (laughs) But water, I mean, water is so emotional, right? It really is. And, and, And that song is just kind of... It deals kind of with depression and when you feel like you're so far down and everything, but if you can just kind of let the water wash over you and let those problems just go down the drain, into the river, out to sea, just flow away for you. Let gravity, let nature take it away and I'll be here to help you. I'll make sure you don't drown. You know, I think it's, I'll see it to it, you don't drown. there's two kind of funny things. It's a little bit off topic, but about writing that song is first that I wrote the chord changes on my daughter's pink guitar that doesn't actually stay in tune unless you have a capo on it because <laughs> that's one of those zero frets that I hate. <laughs> um, and then the first time Devin and I ever ran it just to run it start to finish and to make sure it's a coherent song, I was standing in the doorway while she was taking a bath. Um, it was literally finished so While I was in the bathroom. We were in the bathroom with that kind of echoey, watery water. kind of yeah. sound. And she was submersed in water. And a bit it was very fitting. I love that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, I have to totally listen to the song again, which I, I will say we, we're going to do intros and outros with your music. So everyone oh, awesome. that, gets, that listens to the podcast will get to hear your amazingness. Okay, so did you know this? This is very interesting. I don't know if you guys know this or not, but Memphis. It comes from Memphis, Egypt, mm-hmm. and it actually means place of good abode. So what does that make you think of? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's part of I actually your- knew that Frank Black had written Letter to Memphis dealing with Memphis, Egypt. Really? It was, if I remember a story right, it was some gal was there, and he was just across the pond, and, and it was just kind of writing about that distance and everything. Um been a while since I've heard the story, but so I might be misquoting here. But um, yeah, I mean, it's a very fertile. You know, it's right there at the delta of the right. Nile River, one of the you know, one of the driest, most arid areas in the world, but has this life blood passing through it, and and Memphis is right there. You know, one of the cradles of early civilization. So, I mean, that everything to now can be based really on that. That place has such a huge influence on history. Right. Whether or not people know it or not, whether or not there's a direct connection or not. And here we are with water again. What What's your sign? What are your signs? We're are Geminis. you guys water signs? Both of us are Geminis. You're both Geminis. Okay. So, uh, We're yeah. three days apart. <laughs> really? Hey, three three days apart from being exactly 10 years apart in age. He's. He, I'm 30 and he's 40. I totally would have thought you guys were water signs just because there's all this. Well, like I'm cancer. Yeah. My my dad is also a cancer. My mom's Scorpio. Um, well, you I'm know they readjusted all the all the signs recently. That's what they said, for, but I think I think that it's I think it's an urban myth. Right. Yeah, because my daughter was trying to explain to us one day that she, I forgot what she's like. I'm a whole different sign, and she was all <laughs> distraught about it. 
And I was like, it seems like I would have heard this by now. Yeah. And so I looked it up, and I think Snopes was like, that's a myth. Yeah. No, you're still what you thought you were, which was going to bum me out if I wasn't because I thought, <laughs> you know, I'm like totally into the cancer mode. I read it, and it all makes sense to me. And I, am I going to have to try to figure something else? I don't want to do that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like I, I definitely feel like a Gemini. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, and I think our songs are kind of our songs anything. are kind of Gemini songs. They really do range from literally like a song called Olitha Shuffle that we wrote about our street in South City. Uh, that's like, hold my hand and we'll go and do the Olitha Shuffle. Uh, <laughs> you know, and it's just real. You know, like a literal blues shuffle to, you know, like a like a to the river or to uh, like a letter to my heart, which is one of the songs that uh, that we gave you to to play at the beginning or the end of the show. Um, so I feel like the th- you know the themes of our songs really range from one thing to the complete opposite. I love it. The Gemini's. Yep. The Gemini's going <laughs> swimming. <laughs> yep, yep. Gemini's gone swimming. You guys it's gonna are be swimming. our next album. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you both so very much. Thank you for having us. This has been wonderful. I can't wait to hear you on stage at TEDx. It's going to be so much fun. We totally appreciate you taking part. We're so excited. Absolutely. And thank you all for listening. You have been listening to Mishmash. Make sure to go to iTunes, M-I-C-H-M-A-S-H, and subscribe. Catch y'all next time.
Control, I'll be.